So good. I love that video. Hey, I hope you're enjoying this series. Um, it's really about how we can ensure next time will be better than the last time. If you're new to what we're talking about, I'll, give, I'll catch you up with just a little bit, but you can go listen to the, to the messages, the teachings uh, online. You can catch up that way if you like what you heard today and you want to hear more of it. You're coming on the end of the conversation, so it's the last week of the series. Uh, so if you're confused, go listen you can catch up. But I think even, even so, you'll be able to understand what we're talking about today. Um, and really, we, we, what we did is the first, first few weeks, we talked about these myths that people buy into. And um, how uh, we, we think sometimes time is against us, but time is actually our friend. And we think that just because we, we know better, that we're going to do better. That's the knowledge myth. It's not always true. And then the experience myth is saying, um, I've, I've been there. I've done that, so I'm wiser, right? And we said, no, evaluate experience makes you wiser. Uh, just regular experience just makes you older. And so we said, if you're going to be wiser, you have to evaluate. And that was kind of the setup for the first few weeks to say, make sure if, if you are in a situation where you're going into a new relationship, a new job, a new transition, um, and really, I said these tools help us on a weekly basis because every single week, we are leaving one week and we're going to the next week. Well, what if we learn to be the kind of people that said, how can I make this next week better than last week? How can I ensure that this next week's in, in relationships are going to be better than it was before? And so those are, these are the tools that we're wanting to give you. So the second week, we talked about uh, owning it, that if you're going to make sure next time is better than last time, you have to own your part of whatever didn't work in the past. And so we dug in the second week. Um, I would encourage you, that's, that's an important message. You don't want to miss that one. If you missed it, go back and listen. And we really said you have to, you have to own your piece of the, of the puzzle, your piece of the pie, if you remember that. And we said you have to answer the question, what was I thinking, uh, right, in, in that, and so that you can begin to move forward uh, with it. And so then last week we talked about rethink it. And this is where we really talked about the question, what was I thinking, how we figured out that we weren't thinking, we were really feeling, and we were hoping. But if you want to next time be better, you have to learn to think differently. And so we talked about that, and that was last week, of, of um, t- to, we need to take off the old before we put on the new, right? That was the big, big idea from last week was how I need to take off the old before I go into the new. Uh, otherwise, the new will just look like the old, and it will just peel off. And so we said, make sure you do that. And so today, we're going to talk about the fourth book tool here, and that's release it. So once you've owned it, once you begin to think differently, then you have to learn to release the past. You have to learn to release it. Um, and we talked about, remember the second week, the pie chart, right? So behind me, there's this chart. And there's this little sliver. And the, the first week we said, whatever that sliver is, sometimes it's little, sometimes maybe smaller than that. Maybe it's a little bigger, whatever that was in, in a relationship that went wrong, in a, in a job that didn't go well. There's always a part that we have to look back and say, okay, what was my piece in this? Like, what is my, what's my role? And so week two of owning it was saying that little sliver, you have to really own your, your part of it. Otherwise, you'll always blame everybody else and you'll never be able to have a better future. And so today, we want to talk about the larger part. And the larger part is, is the, what, what others did to you. Um, this, is, this is the hard part, right? Because uh, when you look at that, that story and you think, man, all these things took place. They did this to me. They hurt me this much. These are all the things that happened to me. It's easy to see that the majority of the problem lies within somebody else. And so week two, we said, own your part. Well, today we're going to talk about what's, what the, the larger part. What is that about? How can we move forward? How can we make, make next time better than last time? Well, here's the last part of it. And, and probably the hardest part of the whole series is you have to learn to release uh, that. And we're going to talk about what that means. All right. So it's really the question we have to ask is this. How far, how far in the, um, into the future do you intend to carry the angst that you created in your past? So how far... How many more weeks, how many more days, how many more years do you intend to ter- carry the painful memories, the painful moments of your past into your future? Right? That, that's, a, that's a really good question to ask yourself if you have th- these things you're holding on to that are, that are holding you back. How long do you intend to take those with you? Another 10 years? Another 20 years? Until your grave? Until you die? 
Because um, if you don't ask that question, you'll never be able to say, okay, at what point am I going to stop letting them control me? Because here's the truth. Um, that that um, as, as long as you continue to hold on to the people that mistreated you, the people that hurt you, they're going to continue to influence your future. So how far do you, into your future, do you want to carry the, the pain of your past? And then how long do you plan to allow those people who mistreated you to influence you and influence your future? Because the truth is, when we look at that, that pie, and even though the majority was their fault, we could tell the story, and we like to tell the stories, and we don't ever say our part, we just say their part. Well, how long do you let them influence the decisions you make going into the future? Um, and, and here's the thing is, is, none of us plan to have anxiety, none of us plan to have a, a horrible future, but by dragging those things with us, we actually set ourselves up to continually face challenges and continue to let those things drive our decisions, our emotions, um, it, it, they, they, they have a control in our lives that they really don't need to have. And it's us having to make that decision to do that. Because here's the thing. If you've ever talked to somebody that went through a lot, you know, um, what's amazing is a lot of times even people that have done really well, that are successful, um, people that have, have a lot of influence, if you begin to ask them questions like, um, tell, me, tell me about your story, right? And you make these assumptions that because, um, because it's, it seems like they're doing so well that it was easy for them. Um, and, and the question is, um, man, lights are blinking behind me, right? Driving me crazy. Um, distracted me. Um, successful people, if you ask them, you begin to, you, we assume that because they're doing well, that that was easy for them. But if you begin to hear their stories, a lot of times you'll hear the challenges and the things that it took to get there. Uh, because usually, typically, I mean, there are some, some rare cases where success was easy for some people, but typically it's a, it's a process and you have to go through a lot of pain and a lot of challenges to be able to accomplish things. And so we look at stories, uh, a great one for me, I think of as Nelson Mandela, right? President of, of South, South Africa. He was in prison before he was a lawyer. Like he endured a lot before he had this influence over his whole nation. Um, and, and if you hear his story, you think, wow, that guy endured a lot. Like, if anybody should be bitter and anybody should want other people like, like you know, to, to go away and to, to be destroyed, like he had the right to do that because of what took place to he, in him. But he didn't. He learned to, to do something else. And when you ask people that have, have gone through it, and it seems like they're doing really well within marriage and, and business and finances, typically if you ask, you'd be like, wow, I never knew that. Because they'll begin to tell you stories of pain, stories of challenges, but they push through. And because they push through, they eventually got it. But here's the point. If you ask them at what point, like, at what point did you, did you, did you make that, that difference? How did you know? How, how were you able to do that? Um, how, are you, how are you able to overcome what seemed like insurmountable odds, right? Like, over here, it seems like nobody should be able to overcome these painful moments. Like, like if, I, if I was in your situation, I don't know how I would be able to cope. And you ask these people that have gone through those things, and typically what, what they say is there was this moment I just decided. They, they, they made a decision that they said, I'm going to learn from that, but I'm not going to be defined by that. I'm going, to, I'm going to learn from, for, be reminded of the past, but they decided. Essentially, they said they made a decision and they said, there's this point where I just decided I'm either going to be stuck and carry this with me everywhere or I'm going to learn from that and I'm going to move forward. And at some point, they make a decision. And so if you find yourself in a situation where there's this painful past and there's these things that have been holding you back, well, at some point, you have to decide. And, and the truth is, today, you're going to decide either way. You're going to decide either to continue to carry that with you or you're going to decide to learn to let that go and to be able to move forward. Because um, they would, successful people would say this, um, I'll be reminded that by the past, the past will remind me about what's important, what's not important, but it's not going to define who I'll be in the future. And they'll let go because um, we all have a choice. Um, and, and here's the thing, it's, it's, um, when it comes to, to the past, we can learn from it, but we have a choice to change it. Um, you can't change the past. 
there's, there's nothing you can do to change the past. No, none of us can go time travel back there and change things. What's done is done, and we can't change that. But what we can change is our response, and what we can change is our future, how we're going to go forward. So really, if we're going to ensure that next time, next time in the future, next relationship, next uh, job, next whatever, this next week is better than the last one, we have to answer these questions, really, is I need to release the past so the past can actually release me. Because here's the thing. As long as you're holding on to the past, the past is actually still holding on to you. And we have to learn to be the kind of people that say, if I'm going to move into the future, I'm going to, let these, I'm going to learn from this. It'll inform my decisions. It'll, it'll, it'll put me in the right direction, but it's not, no longer going to control me. And too many people are controlled by what took place, and they're never free to be able to become everything God wants them to be, everything they even want to become, because they're, they're controlled by the past because they're holding on, and at the same time, the, the past is holding on to them. So how do you do this? How do you... That sounds really easy, right? Like, okay, so you're telling me to let go of all these painful experiences and, and move forward. Like, that sounds really easy for you. You don't understand. Well, let me give you the term the Bible uses. All right, here's the, here's the term the Bible uses. God uses, the word is forgive. Um, if you're going to release, you have to learn to forgive. And we're going to impact that, what the Bible talks about forgiveness and why it's so important for us to, to forgive people. Um, but here's the thing. Forgiveness, it doesn't mean that you just, you forget about everything and you move on. No, no. It just it means that you, it'll, forgiveness allows us to learn a lesson from the past without having to carry it with us into the future. That's what forgiveness does. As long as you don't forgive, you'll just keep carrying it with you and keep moving forward. But you have to be able to do this. And I'm going to read a passage in, in, in Ephesians that was written. It's a book, a letter written to the, to the church in, in Ephesus from Paul. And here's the thing with Paul. We talked about this, right? This whole series. Paul's a great example of somebody who had to start over. So he has this past that he's not proud of. Um, if, if you're here today, you're, you're, uh, you're, you're maybe, maybe you've, you've had some bad experience with Christians, right? Paul was way worse than that. Like Paul didn't, just didn't like Christians. He actually had them in prison and in some cases had them killed. And so part of his past, and then God calls him and says, hey, I want you to follow me now. And Paul's like, okay, this is confusing. I just killed Christians. I just had them in prison. Now I have to become one. And then he, so he has to leave the past that he's not proud of and go into the future. He has to figure out how to do this. And God uses his story of, 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 of failures actually do something amazing in his life and, and, and uses Paul in a great way. Um, and so Paul does this. And so if we're going to look at people in the Bible, it's good to look at those that have gone through this and then they have some insight to share with us how to do this. And so Paul, this is what he says in Ephesians about forgiveness right, and, about, and about holding on to things and about the past. He says this, in your anger, do not sin. So in your anger, do not sin. Another translation would say, uh, be angry, but sin not. So essentially, anger is not a bad thing. Right? It's an emotion we have. It's something we face, something we feel. Um, anger is not a bad thing. What we do with the anger is what becomes bad or not. So if something does, somebody does something, you get angry, that's a natural response. We should have that. Paul's saying there, there's, there's a part of anger that, that, that's, that's there, but in that anger, don't, don't let it lead to something that's going to cause more pain and more harm in your life or in others' lives. So in your anger, do not sin. Um, what, what causes people to get angry is when somebody hurts, uh, hurts us and they, they lash out of that emotion and, and respond out of, the, out of the anger. And that leads to, to sin, right? But he's saying don't, don't do that. Even if somebody's broken their word, don't, don't let the anger drive you to do something that's unhealthy. And he goes on. He says this. So in your anger, don't sin. Do not let the sun go down while, it, while you are still angry. Uh, here's the thing about the Jewish, the Jewish mindset, all right? So for, for, for them, when it, when it comes to the, to the Bible and the scriptures, uh, the day, our day ends, you know, I, I guess at midnight, right? That's kind of how we, we would say it. Our, our day's over at midnight. The next day starts right after midnight. Um, in the Jewish mindset, that's not how it works. For the Jewish mind, mindset, sundown is when the day ends. And so as soon as the sun goes down, the next day is starting. 
So while you're sleeping, you're actually starting your next day in the Jewish mindset. And so at sundown, uh, this is like for, for Sabbath. Their Sabbath would be on Friday evening, right? The sun goes down, Sabbath starts all the way through. That's why the people in Pittsburgh were, were gathering for service, the Jewish people in, in the synagogue, because on all of Saturday is their day of worship, their day of going to the, to the, to the, to the, to the synagogue. And so uh, from sundown Friday to sundown Saturday is their day of worship, their day of rest, uh, their Sabbath day. So when Paul is saying, don't, don't let the sun go down you're angry, uh, go down your, when you're, while you're angry, what he's saying is, don't let the day end with you carrying these things that are potentially going to cause you to do something foolish in the future. Like, like learn to deal with this. Um, learn to deal with what's going on. Because um, there's, there's there's, and, and here's the truth, there's some angers that you can't resolve at sunset. It's going to take a, a process of writing letters, a process of going through different, uh, even some legal things sometimes to get things right. So, so some of that, but he's saying in your, when, when it comes to, to the choices you make, when you can, when it's in your power, don't, don't, let your, don't let the day end without settling those things in your heart. Don't, don't, don't drag them into the future. So don't take the pain of today and carry it into tomorrow. Don't, don't take what's happening today and, and, and let it start off your, your day tomorrow. So essentially deal with these things as soon as you can. So, so how many days, so if you've been holding on to something, Paul would be saying, how many days do you incar- intend to carry that anger and that hurt with you? Is it going to be another five days, another three years? How many more years, how many more days are you going to carry the, the pain of your past with you into your future? And what he's saying is, you have to make a decision. And what he's saying is, if, if we're going to be the kind of people God wants us to do, we need to learn how to settle things as soon as we can, to, to make things right as soon as we, we possibly can. So don't let too many days set while you're still angry. Don't, don't, don't let it go, go down. And then he says, this is why. He goes on and says this, and do not give the devil a foothold. So essentially he's saying, um, don't, don't give the, the, the enemy a, stage, a, a staging ground, an, an, a platform, an area in your life where he can hold on to you. So when, when people don't deal with the, the issues of their past, they're actually letting, they're letting something else control and influence the, their, their present and in the future. And what he's saying is, in your anger, don't sin. Don't let the sun go down while you're angry, right? While you're still angry, don't let the sun go down. And then don't give the devil a foothold. Uh, another way to maybe read this, uh, when it comes to, to the devil, the word they use there is slanderer. Somebody who's, who's done something to you that's that said something about you that makes you look bad, that, that drags your name through the mud. Somebody that's hurt you, right? So maybe in this, maybe instead of devil there, if you put a blank and, you, and it says, um, do not give the, that person a foothold in your life. So if, if, as I say that, some of you think of the painful moments in your past of, of whoever that person is, right? Um, John, Joe, you know, Sally, whatever, principal, teacher, whatever name goes to that blank, Essentially saying, don't give that person more influence in your life than they've already taken or already had. And Paul is saying, like, pay attention to what's going on here. Because uh, as you think about this, don't give that person, that, that person blank, a foothold or a platform or a staging ground in your life. He's saying, don't, don't carry the things with you into the future. Like, learn to be able to, to settle those things so you can be free from their influence into, as you move into the future. Because um, here's what he would say. There's a place for anger. But you have to keep it in its place. So Paul's saying when, when you get angry, don't sin. So he's not saying anger is sin. He's just saying when you get angry, don't sin. So there's a place for anger. Just keep it in its right place. And he's telling us that place is not to carry it with you into the future, but to learn to settle those things. Um, so in, in this case, if there's something in the past that has happened to you and somebody broke the law, then they should, they should, be, 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 uh, they should go through the process of making things right with the law. There should be court. There should be things that take place. That, that's the right thing to do. That's not wrong. 
So if somebody's hurt you and, and it's illegal, then you, this should go to the police. It should go to court, right? And it, it should be taken care of. Um, but in those other cases, but, but at some point you have to learn to say, how, how far am I going to carry this with me? There's a place for anger, but I can't be taking this everywhere I go. And he continues on and says this after that, after the first, first verses later in, in Ephesians 4. He says, get rid of all bitterness. Get rid of. So he's saying there's this choice. Today you have this choice. Are you going to hold on to these things that are, are creating a negative in, within you? Um, or are you going to hold on to them? Or are you going to get rid of them? So he says, get rid of them. All bitterness, all rage, and anger. So he says, don't, don't carry these things with you into the future everywhere we go. Get rid of all bitterness. Get rid of all rage, all anger, all brawling. I'll slander along with every, every form of malice. Everything is bad. So what is Paul saying here? He's saying you have a decision to make. Get rid of all these things, every form of evil. Every, get rid of them. Like don't, don't let a day end without you dealing with your, your present, without, without dealing with your past. Like don't drag it into your future. Don't give the enemy, don't give that person more influence in your life than they've already had. Uh, learn at some point to say, I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to learn from that, but I've decided to make a decision. I'm not going to let any more sons go down in my life bef- without, without dealing with this so I could be free from that when it comes the next day. And the good news is you can. You can start today. You can do that. Um, and, he, and he goes on. After, after he says that, get rid of all bitterness, anger, every form. Um, he says, be kind and compassionate to one another. Be, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. Um, just... Just as Christ uh, forgave us. So here, here's the thing. Um, notice how Paul, Paul is saying, just as Christ forgave us. So Paul is, is, is talking to Christians. In, th- in this letter, he's talking to people who have signed up to say, I'm going to follow Christ. So if you're here today and you're not a Christian, this doesn't necessarily directly apply to you. If you take the principle and you learn from it, it'll help you be a better person, help you have a better life. But he's talking to Christians. So if you're not a Christian, you kind of can choose and pick what you want. But if you're a Christ follower, Paul is saying, all right, something's happened in our life. Um, the same way Christ has forgiven you, you need to forgive others. Um, the same way Christ has extended that grace to you, you need to extend it to others. So it's not a, it's not a choice. He's saying the, God forgives us, and we need to learn to forgive. We need to reflect him to others. Um, and when you do this, you're actually reflecting God and his goodness. Um, but he says um, forgiving each other. And, and what, what forgiveness means is, is to pardon. Um, forgiveness is saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to release. It's, it's this idea that somebody has broken something. They, they've broken the law, and, and, and they go before the judge, and the judge says, I, I, I forgive you. I, re, I re erase that, that debt that you have. And even though they should be thrown in prison, they are pardoned from that crime, and they're let go free. And this is a picture of what Christ has done for us, right? So if you're not a Christian, and in service, I'm going to give you an opportunity to pray with me and say, I want to I become a Christian. I want to invite Christ into me, into my life. Um, but at this point, this, he's saying, you forgive. So, so all of us, if you're a Christ follower, at some point you realized, like, I have messed up. Um, I've broken God's law. Um, there, there's, there's consequences. There's things that come with that result. There's, there's, um, um, there's punishment that comes with sin, the Bible says, that the wages of sin is death. But because we, we go to God and say, God, forgive me, God extends a pardon to us, and he forgives us. And Paul says that same way God has given grace to you, right, undeserved grace, like I don't deserve it, but God says, Eric, I'm going to forgive you. Why? Because you've humbled yourself, came to me and said, forgive me. You've humbled yourself and came to me and said, I need your help. And God responds with, with, with love to everybody that humbles themselves, that says I need, with humility, and says I need your help. And so Paul is saying, extend that same thing to others. Because here's the thing when it comes to pardoning, all right? If somebody has broken the law um, in, in, and hurt you in an in, in a, a unlawful way, an illegal way, um, 
you need to, you need, you need to, 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 they need to go to the courts. They should settle that the right way. But the truth is there's two courts they'd have to go through. The first one is, would be the court of the law that they have to, uh, to, to, to be taken care of and, and solve that. But the other court is yours. See, what happens is, and I need, I need a volunteer. Um, who's out here close by me? <laughs> Joe's pointing to his mom. I don't think your mom will come up here. Um, you can come up, come up, I need you up here though. So here's, here's the picture that, that, that I see in my head when it comes to pardoning and forgiving. And when it comes to somebody that's done something to you in the past, all right? Essentially, so here's Abril. She's a great woman, but in this illustration, she's not a great woman, right? She's hurt me tremendously. She cost me a lot of money. She cost me my future, whatever it is. You, you know the, the scenario, right? And, and so at some point, she's hurt me. And get on this side just so I can, we'll keep the, 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 the timeline here, right? So the past, present, right? But here's what's happened. So Abril's hurt me. I haven't dealt with it, whether it's illegal or not, whatever, whatever the hurt was. Essentially, what I'm doing is I'm the judge, and I'm saying like this, you've hurt me. I'm so angry that she's hurt me. And then everywhere I go, come with me, just follow me. I, I'm, I'm the judge of her life because she, she, she has a debt against me, right? And, and then today turns into tomorrow. Come, keep coming with me. And the whole time, I'm like, I can't believe what she did to me. She, this is horrible. She, she has a debt against me, and I'm her judge, so I'm going to keep, keep this with me. And every day, I just keep dragging Abril with me, right? This is the picture that I see in my head. Thank you, Abril, for helping me. She's a really good person, not a bad person. She didn't hurt me. And so I just keep taking this person with me everywhere I go because I haven't settled it. I haven't dealt with it. And a pardon is saying, okay, this debt that they have, I'm going to release. This debt, this thing that they've done to me, I'm going to forgive. And here's the thing. Paul is saying we do this because Christ has done that for us. We have a debt and he forgave it. And now he says, I want you to forgive others the same way that Christ forgave you. I want you to do the same exact thing and respond that same same way so that you um, can, can forgive. And what happens is... I don't know if you get this, but the prisoner that we're releasing was actually not the person that was there. It's actually ourselves. Because what happens when we don't forgive and we hold on, we actually imprison ourselves with this person in our lives. And the, 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 the worst, the, the, the thing that they did to us, the more, the more damaging, the, the, the more dark our prison is. Because we're carrying this awful, horrible thing with us everywhere we go. And we're thinking, like, I want a better future. But we just keep carrying this past with us everywhere we go. And Paul is saying we have to learn to pardon, to forgive, to let go of that debt. And here's the truth, all right? And if you get this, I think this will help you so, so much. The debt they owe you, most likely they can't even repay it anyways. They've taken away something from you, and they'll never be able to give it back to you anyways. So by holding on to them, you're actually saying you owe me something you can never give me. But I'm not going to let go. And we carry that pain, we carry that past with us everywhere we go. And they're actually not the prisoner. We are. And we're in prison to the past. And here's, I think, the strategy of the enemy. He knows this. And so the earlier he can get us trapped, the earlier he can get us in, in, um, to, 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 to hold on to the trap, the bait, the hurt, man, the more it affects us going into the future. And we have all these adults that have that never dealt with things in their life. They're trying to escape it, but they, they're, 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 they want to blame. And they want to keep doing what they're doing. They want to keep drinking. They want to keep being addicted to things. They want to keep chasing whatever because they've never dealt with the past. And they're trying to mask it with all these things they do but because they've, they've never released. They never learned. They're never free. And too many people, they do this. And Paul's saying, if you'll do that, pardon the same way you've been pardoned. Forgive. 
Because the truth is, they probably can't pay you back anyways. So why hold a debt over somebody that they can't ever make right anyways? They can't make it up. They can't give you the time back. They can't go back and change the past. It's done. Now, we're not saying forgive and become best friends with those. That's not it at all. You just you learn to let the past inform you, not control you. And parting is saying, all right, that was painful, but I'm going to forgive. Why? Because I've been forgiven. And if you haven't been forgiven, part of what needs to happen in your life is you need to learn that God is saying, I forgive you. Like, I want, I want you to be free in your, in your, in your, in your life. And the reason for when it comes to forgiveness, it's not easy, but the, way, the reason I get it more is because I know what God has extended to me. I can now extend that to other people, and I can release them. So he's saying, pardon as you've been pardoned, but here's the thing. You have to go first. Go first so you can go on. So a lot of us are waiting for somebody else to say sorry, and they most likely never will. A lot of us are waiting for somebody to, to, to bring restoration and figure things out that they've taken away from us to, to pay the debt, and they most likely never will. Sometimes they can't, even if they wanted. And so Paul would say is go first. Go first and let go so you can go on. You can move in freedom. Because as long as you don't, you'll keep taking that with you everywhere you go. And you're always going to wonder, why is it so difficult to move into my future with freedom? Because you haven't released the past. And the past is still holding on to you. One of the best ways to do this is to make a list. I, I learned this from another pastor. He says, make a list of all the things they've done to you. Like, don't just say, I forgive you, like, in your mouth. Like, all right, I forgive them. That's good enough. No, no. Like, make, a, make an inventory. Figure out exactly what they took from you. Because what, what has to happen is you have to, you have to figure out what is the thing that, that's holding on to me so much in my life that they've done to me. You know, there's, there's certain names that pop up in conversation. And what happens? Like, you have a sinking feeling in your stomach, right? Because you haven't dealt with it. There's something going on there. So what exactly have, do, do they owe you? Make a list of what they owe you. Maybe, maybe they took your success. Man, they cost me my job. Man, they cost me repetition, my reputation. They slandered me. They said things to other people believed them. They told lies. They took something from me. Um, maybe, maybe they took part of your childhood. Maybe, maybe um, um, they, they took away your ability to, to have a better future or, or, chi- or kids. Or maybe they ruined your relationship with you and your kids. Whatever it is, caused you to be a, a worse husband or wife. You have to be able to say what exactly it is that they owe me. And then after you inventory that, you say, okay, I'm going to pardon them from all this. Because most likely, they can't even pay you back if they wanted. So why don't we be the kind of people that say, I'm going to pardon, I'm going to let go of that so I can move with freedom into my future. And then you learn the lessons, right? You're careful with those relationships. You don't just repeat over and over what you've been doing. You learn to choose differently. But here's the thing. At some point, you have to decide, um, how, what, how long am I going to carry this with me into the future? How many more days? Two more days? Three more days? Four more years? You have to answer that. So in this, in this pie chart that we have here, you know, if you look at the, our part, the sliver, you know, is it, nothing. And maybe in some cases they did everything wrong, but here's your part. As long as you don't learn, figure out how to move on, you're still holding on to it. And your part is you're holding on. Even if that's the only part you have in this whole thing, you need to learn to say, my part is I'm holding on, and I need to learn to pardon and forgive so I can move on. Let go so you can move on. Because here's the thing. When it comes to that majority of what others have done to us, there's a lot of pain. There's a lot of things that happen. We will, if we don't, if we don't inventory, we don't figure out what exactly they owe us, we'll, we'll just continue to blame them for our current reality, our current situations. And yes, maybe you are there, but you can always choose a better future. You can always choose how to move into the future without dragging them with you. But if you don't deal with it, the rest of your life, you'll always say, I'm in this situation because of all this. And... It's probably been true. 
But here's the other truth. You'll keep carrying it with you until you say, my part is that I'm not letting go. My part is I'm using it as a reason to, to be less than I could be. I'm using it as a reason to be stuck. I'm using it as a reason not to move forward. And so today I'm going to release it. Because if we release the past, the past will release us. You always release the past so the past can release you. And all of a sudden you realize, wow, I'm no longer a prisoner to that. I'll let it remind me, but it will not define me. Um, so two weeks, th- second week we talked about owning it. We have to own our part of it, right? You own your piece of the past so you can make peace with your past is what we said. Um, you own it so it won't own you. That's the, that's the first part of it, owning it. Uh, the second thing is rethink it. Can you go to the next one for me, please? So you own it, your piece of it, so it won't own you. The last week we talked about rethinking it. Um, identify and reject, reject those lethal assumptions we talked about last week. Those are some big thoughts that we, we accept as Americans. So identify and reject those as you rethink it. And then don't be a conformer, but be a transformer. Let God work in your mind is the whole, the whole message last week. You take off um, the old so you can put on the new. You release that, you let go of it. And then today, releasing it, is we release the past so the past can release us. And then we pardon the same way that we have been pardoned. We forgive, we let go. And here's the thing. Next time, it can be better than last time because we decide for it to be. Remember the successful people? At some point they said, I just decided. I'm no longer going to let the past define me. No longer get, let, be, let it control my future. I'm going to release that so I can move forward into the future. So that's our part. Decide. So my, my challenge for us today is this. Will you decide this week to pardon? Pardon those who have hurt you in the past. Will you decide to pardon those who have, who have um, come and brought something in your life that wasn't healthy? Because healthy people, they do healthy things. And here's some of the things they do. They own their part of the past. They rethink what they were doing so they can have a better decision in the future. And then they release their past so they can be free from the past so they can move into the future. So healthy people, they do healthy things. And these are three things they do. So my challenge is this. Why don't we become those healthy people? Why don't we do those three things and learn to, to do that on a, on a regular basis so when somebody offends us, we deal with it and we don't carry that into the future with us. In your anger, don't sin. In, in those emotions and those hurts, don't let another day go down without dealing with it so you can have freedom in your life. Uh, that's my challenge. So my, as we wrap up this series, my challenge you be that kind of person that learns to do those things, own your past, rethink your past, rethink all that, and then release it so you can have a better a better future, and, and, and accomplish all that God wants you to accomplish. Um, so if you're here today, I said a while ago that Paul's talking to Christians in this letter. And uh, these principles, were, we, this whole week, they're written to Christians that say, hey, if you're following Christ, here's the things you need to do. So if you're here today and you're not a Christian, I have some good news for you. It's, 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 it's a decision that you can make today. You know, we're talking about that decision. Well, this is what Paul said. We read it. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ God forgave you. The same way God has forgiven you, would you forgive others? So Paul is saying, um, the same way you receive that, you need to give it away. And some of you in this room today, you haven't received that forgiveness. And so my challenge for you or my, my invitation is, would you accept that forgiveness today? It's called grace. It's, it's something you don't deserve. We couldn't even pay for it if we wanted. It's just a free gift that God gives to those that say, I can't do this on my own. God, forgive me of my past. Forgive me of my sin. And God gives us that. My favorite story of, of forgiveness in the Bible is when Jesus is hanging on the cross here he is. He's, he's, he's being a sacrifice, right? Stepping in, 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 in the middle as a mediator between us and God saying, hey, I'm going to sacrifice my life so other people could have life. And next to him are these thieves. 
and these sinners, and they've broken the law, and they're, they're being crucified next to him. And one of them curses Jesus and says, hey, if you're really God, you know, save us and save yourself. And the other guy says, hey, don't you know, this guy hasn't done anything. We, 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 we get, we're deserving of our punishment. And he turns to Christ and he says, hey, Christ, would you remember me when you're in your kingdom? And the moment of humility of him saying, okay, I recognize here that I've, I've, I deserve this, but would you forgive me? And Christ responds to, to a man on, on, the, on the last few breaths of his life. And he says, yes, today we'll be together in paradise. And he extends grace to a criminal who doesn't deserve it, didn't do anything that, that, that should earn it. But in that, God says, I'm going to pardon you. I'm going to release you from that debt. Why? Because he humbled himself and said, God, I can't do this without you. And being a Christ follower doesn't mean you're perfect. It doesn't mean you get everything together so God can use your life in a great way right now. It's just saying, here's all my junk. Here's all my stuff. Here's all my hurt. God, I bring it to you. God, forgive me. Help me. And the Bible says he takes that and he turns it into something beautiful, the brokenness, the ashes, and he turns it into something amazing. And he says we get a new start at life. So today, if you're here, you're not a Christian or maybe you walked away from God, and today you're saying, all right, I need to start off by saying, God, I receive your forgiveness so I can extend forgiveness to others. I receive your forgiveness so I can have a better life, a new start. I want to give you an opportunity to pray that prayer. It's a simple prayer that just says, God, forgive me my sins. Come into my life. Lead me. I want to follow you. So do me a favor. Close your eyes and bow your head today as we end our service. If you're here today and that's you, I'd love to invite you to say this prayer today. I won't call you to the front. Just pray right there in your seat. But if that's you, would you lift your hand? Let me know you're here today. That's me. God, I need forgiveness. Awesome. I see a few hands. Anybody else? I'm here today. That's me. God, I need forgiveness. I need your help. Awesome. And God always responds by saying, Finally, I can work with that. You're being honest. I can work with you because, man, you're willing to see what you need. So for you that raise your hand, would you pray this prayer with me? And if you're a Christ follower in this room, would you pray with us if they're not praying alone? Raise the hand and say this prayer with me. Say, Father God, today I give you my life. Forgive me of my sins, of my past, of my wrongs. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on that cross in my place so I could find forgiveness. I ask you to come into my life and give me a new start. I put my trust in you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Can we, can we celebrate those that raised a hand today?